Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of So Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm your co-host, Jeannie Rice. Dr. Tim Hayes is not going to be with us today, but uh, he said he was going to be listening on his way back from a meeting that he has. We welcome you to the show. Today is Friday, March the 18th, 2016. And our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. And we have for several weeks now attempted to uh, play a song for everybody called Madness by Alanis Morissette. And it's it's totally what this work is about and uh, it's sometimes kind of hard to follow the lyrics uh, but definitely look them up but one of the lines is I realize that the madness is me the madness in me that's triggered by the presence of you is still in in me when you're not in the room and that I'd love to blame you but then I would miss the opportunities and thank you for your most generous triggers those are some of the main lines but I was able to get it loaded to the switchboard so I'm going to play it and then we're going to go straight to our callers Blame you for all I miss these moments of love 
have Captain with us. He was with us yesterday, and um, he's here to continue our conversation when you're ready to talk with him. Awesome. Delighted. And uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We are in deep appreciation for everybody that chooses to uh, uh, pick up the gauntlet and do their work at what's inside with fresh eyes instead of the belief that somebody else is the cause of everything going on inside of us to recognize that the perceptions that show up in my mind always tell me more about the content of my mind than the world I think I'm looking at. And that if those are perceptions are based in pain, that 
my first order of business is to work through, to walk through, to forgive my pain. So that's what we're here to learn. That's what we're here to teach. Of course, many opportunities come in the world and we had a, a pretty intense conversation yesterday with uh, with Captain, and uh, we're delighted you're back, sir. We appreciate you. How do you be today? I feel much better. I had an aha moment about three o'clock this morning about self love, and I feel much better. Tell me actually. about it. Well, I have to tell me about that, it. Um, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Michael? You're loud and clear, sir. You're loud and clear. We got okay. you. Okay, I um, I have an aha, aha, aha moment that self-love is what I want, is all that matters, it's more important than anybody else's needs, and if, if they have needs and they're going to process or have an issue over me doing what I want rather than taking care, helping them take care of their needs, they need to go somewhere else and process, preferably as far away from me as that they can go, and process their trash because I'm going to take care of what I want more than I'm going to take care of what anybody else in the world needs. That's what self-love is all about. Well, I would say that's a very accurate definition. I think you hit the nail right on the head. And, of course, Self-love is something we think we can do to ourselves, and it would show up like that. But if you remember, if you go back to the uh, the intensive, you remember the love exchange experience that we did, and the love I didn't get to do. Uh, wait, wait! Was, I didn't. I didn't get to do any love exchanges, so I don't know what that's like because I okay. did what somebody well, else needed. Yeah. No, I, th- I think I you did do love exchange. Yeah, so I think you did the love exchange because you and your partner were there and you did love exchanges with each other. Yeah. And so, so so notice your mind wants to go to some place where there's some hostility about what you didn't do and the fact no, is I you did love exchanges in the intensive. I didn't have self-love and I didn't do what I needed or wanted. I did what somebody else needed. Yeah, okay. And that so, was where I was wrong. So then, That's where I was wrong. Okay, so take a deep breath for a minute and notice that you did love exchanges at the intensive with your partner, right? Okay, okay. So, and notice that your mind tells you a lie that you didn't do any, that you did something else well, based in hostility. Well, so just notice what okay. your mind does. Just okay. catch your mind at its game. Because what happens what, is, We all know what I'm talking about. Well, I know what you're talking about, and what I'm what I'm inviting you to notice is what your mind does with selective perception to validate what you want to believe. And that means your mind lies to you. And your mind just lied to you. My mind is is telling me the truth that I was asked not to do something that I really wanted to experience in the whole intensive, and I didn't do what I wanted to do. I did what somebody else needed. So, therefore, I did not have self-love and practice what I should have done. Okay, so you're willing to take a breath, and so so you're willing to take a breath for a minute and let that go. Yeah. And now yeah. let's look at the actual truth because that's not true. That's that's your mind. I'm inviting you to notice that that's your mind telling you a lie. Okay. Because I was there and I watched you do love exchanges with your partner, so you did love exchanges. Right. Okay. 
I watched you do love exchanges with your partner. Wait a minute. minute. So notice that you can tell yourself all the stories you want to believe that your minds lie. I'm inviting you to notice that your mind lied to you. Okay, I did a lot of things. And it's lying to you. It's lying to you now, and it's lying to me now. So just, just notice it. Okay. Just catch it that it's game. Okay. The fact okay. is, I, did do a lot of things, I yeah. watched you. Yeah, you did them. So that was the yeah. point of my question. It wasn't whose circumstances or how or who you did it with or who you didn't. Okay. The fact is, you did it. Okay, I want to get some self love right now. We've and, only got an hour, and I'd like to get past this. Yeah. So so we'll get past it step by step, but you can't get okay. past to to the truth of a circumstance and to healing if you get lost in one of the steps where your mind is telling you a lie. You can't do it. And remember one of the lines that we offered in the in the intensive several times is be aware of the distorting power of the way you want it to be. And my offering would be that and I understand it in this circumstance. One of the overriding goals that I get that you have is the need to be right. And so your mind will tell you any lie it needs to in order to be right. I didn't do any love exchanges, therefore I didn't have the experience. And that makes you right, and, and it's a lie. And I'm just inviting you to notice. There's no judgment call to it. It's just notice what your mind is doing to you. Because your mind's doing things to you that you want to blame other people for. And that's pretty much standard in the whole culture. That's how most minds work. And so the work is about undoing what the mind does to us through forgiveness. But until I can catch it at its game and see what I'm doing to myself, I can't ever heal. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I, I think we're not allowing, we're not um, expecting other people to be accountable for what's going, actually going on in the whole situation. And, like, and we're saying, okay, so so you don't have self-love, so we're going to jump all over you and say that you're not listening and you're, your mind's lying to you when somebody's not actually owning that to accountability. Yeah, well. So that's what so, it all down to. Yeah, so Captain, I get that. Yes, sir. You really want to be right about this. I don't care about being right. I got it. the truth. Yeah. No, I think you want to be and right. It, and I'm not going to. Okay. I think you want to be right. Or when I said, well, remember when you did love exchanges during the intensive, because that's the real point that I want to make, you just said, yeah, I remember doing that. You wouldn't have gone into that whole other diatribe that makes you right okay. about what you're processing okay. today. Okay, I remember doing that. Yeah, so so just notice what your mind does. And I think, you know, my take, my take home from working with you is that you really want to heal, and sometimes your mind takes over and keeps you out of healing by telling you something that keeps you out of healing. And so I'm here to support you getting through that and into really dealing with the internalized pain that I I get that you want to get free of. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then, if you think back to doing that love exchange, 
you'll notice that the love exchange was about I'm going to tap into who I am as love and experience myself as love and extend that love to the person I'm doing the love exchange with. So in turn, my partner is going to do that, tap into who they are, and extend that love to me. Do you remember the first time you held a newborn child? Um, Your first newborn? Maybe, probably. Yeah, I probably okay. wasn't there for them when, I, when they were born. So. Yeah, but but this isn't about you being there for them. I'm asking you to go back to the moment where you first held that newborn and tapped into the essence of that newborn. To be honest, no, I don't remember. Can you that. remember what? Yeah. If you if you take a couple of breaths, can you go back to the first time and just remember holding that newborn? Yeah, what's your question, right? Um, to be honest, I can't remember that. Okay. I've tried since we've right. been talking well, about it, and well I then, can't remember that. Okay. Well, then let me let me share, because this is an important point. Let me share my experience of my holding my my newborn, and what I what I learned from that was that when I held my newborn, especially my daughter, who when she delivered into my hands, I got to catch her. She opened her eyes with crystal clear focus and and grinned at me. The presence of her being, of her love, sent me into literally another state of living that I had never known before. And here's my point. My daughter was not loving me. My daughter was not loving herself. My daughter is the active presence of love. Self-love, when you defined it a moment ago, I would offer is the mind making up a story about how it's going to take care of itself and to hell with everybody else because that's all that matters. And my offering is that's not self-love, that's narcissism. I'd offer that what self-love is, that, that it's standing in the space of being as the presence of love. And when you can do that for yourself then you will heal everything and you will come forward as that presence of love in compassion and generosity for anybody else that's in any kind of pain or turmoil. And our culture hasn't taught us to do that. This work is about learning how to be that space, how to do that. And so if you go with your definition of love, that basically the bottom line of it is I heard you say it, my interpretation would be to hell with everybody else, I'm going to take care of me. That's not self-love at all. That's narcissism. That's a disorder. Being the active presence of love in your own body would be love of self. And if I can't be that, if I can't stand in that space, 
because my mind is coming up with something based in sadness and grief and rage and hatred or vengeance or pain or drama or trauma or judgment of any kind, then everything that my mind is showing me, you know, if you listen to the first 20 minutes of the show yesterday, I, I didn't know you were on the call, but the first 20 minutes of the show was all about perception and how perception is a construct of the mind. And for most people, our perceptions are based in insanity. Perception without the active presence of love is perception based in insanity. And the first order of business is to experience yourself as the presence of love, and then to clean up the insanity because every word that follows a perceptual mind based in the presence of some form of hostility or fear is going to be a lie. It's going to keep us in our pain and our trauma. And the practice and the work and the tools are about how do I get to experience myself as the presence of love and then dissolve, literally, to get to the point where I'm not even capable of any form of hostility or fear. Now, I'm not going to proclaim that I know what that is like, because I don't live there yet. I'm still working on it. But I've had moments, I've had hours, I've had days of that, that have transformed my understanding beyond anything I ever could have conceived of previously. And my offering is that in our conversation yesterday, and when you define self-love when we first started the call, is you're trying to figure it out with the non-being mind, Captain, and you can't do it. It won't work. Remember the one of the key components of the codependence to interdependence workshop is the pseudo-solutions of the non-being mind. And the number one pseudo-solution is if I could just figure this out. And I can't figure out self-love. There's a cute post I put on Facebook a few weeks ago, and, and it's Pogo or one of the cartoon characters saying, well, how do you spell love? And the character that responds says, you don't spell love, you experience it. When you're experiencing yourself as the presence of love, you'll look out through your eyes and your mind may show you a world based in pain. And if it does, then you'll be a space of compassion and healing for that pain. If it doesn't, then I'm not in that experience yet, and I have work to do. And so my message would be, welcome to the club. You've got work to do, just like all of us. I've been doing this work for 45 years. I don't proclaim to be finished yet. You've been doing this work this specific work for the last couple of months. I promise you, you're not finished yet, and I promise you, you haven't got it figured out yet. And I invite you to question every thought, every perception, every word that comes out of your mouth based in hostility, because that's not going to serve you, and that's not going to bring you healing. And that's not going to support you creating the kind of relationship that you want. And what I'm here to do is to support you shifting out of the errors of your mind into the state of being with which, at least in my perception in working with both of you, where I know that what you both want to create is a space of living with each other as the active presence of love and creating an awesome life together. 
but you can't do that while your mind's lying to you. And and I don't need to know any more about external circumstances than to know that if my mind is producing a reality, a perception, based in hostility or fear, my mind is telling me a lie, and my first order business is not to change them based on my lie, but to go inside and take care of myself. And as the uh, Alanis Morissette, you know, it's kind of becoming the theme song for our intensives, as it says so powerfully, you know, the madness in me comes out in the presence of you, and I want to close my, you know, fold my arms and close my, roll my eyes and make it all your fault. I want to be able to blame you, but then I'd miss this opportunity to heal. These opportunities to heal are tough to take at first, as we talked about yesterday. You know, Job and his opportunity to heal asked for time to swallow his saliva. It becomes so intense. And I got that it's really intense and in your face right now, and I'm here to support you. But I can't, in conscience, let the conversation go past your mind telling you something that isn't true and supporting you believing that it's true because everything you build on top of that will cause your life to crash. You've got to catch your lie, your mind, at its earliest error and start to bring correction there or else everything else it does will, will verify its fraud. And, and it means that I come into direct contact with the rawest, deepest pain that I can imagine. You know, if you listen to the show from two days ago, you hear Dr. Tim sharing how when he was in analysis as he's going to grad school, there was a period where he literally spent three weeks on the couch in tears every day in touch with that raw pain. Captain, I get that your raw pain is coming up and you want to make it somebody else's fault, and that's a lie. You're going to have to spend time, as uh, Alanis Morissette so graciously says in the song, the pain is there when you're not in the room and it paralyzes me to think about spending time with it. You've got tools now, breathing and forgiveness, with which to spend time with that paralyzing pain and free yourself from it. If you keep talking out of that pain to the people around you, it's going to be more and more difficult for the people around you to be there because they are not the cause of your pain. They are not the cause of your perception. Do they do behaviors that are off the mark? Absolutely. But when I'm in pain, when I'm in hostility or fear, your mistake, which may be one of the gravest mistakes ever made in the world, isn't any of my business. My business is to clean up the mistake that's going on inside of me. And when I do that, Free of my mistake. You know, Yeshua said it this way. Why are you trying to take the speck out of your brother's eye while you have a beam in your own? He's saying, yes, of course. The people around us do some crazy things. They've got their pain, too. And we do crazy things. But we think our crazy things are okay. It's their crazy things that are the problem. 
But the only thing that will cause me pain is what I do that's crazy inside of me. Otherwise, I won't be in pain over what somebody else does. If I have no pain left in me because I've worked through it, then what others do, I will be a space of compassion healing for if it's off the mark, rather than a space of blame. But as Alana says, it's easier for me to want to blame you. And it's time for us to all join in letting go of the blame game and truly choosing to live as human beings, as the active presence of love. That's the self-love we're talking about. For me to live with the presence of my human life that I started out with, fully active in my body 24-7-365 in every cell. Now I'm in that space of what we would call love of self. And from there I transform my world. And I won't be speaking... Go ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I thought you were done. No, I'm complete. I'm complete. I I realized... Real, last night I realized a lot of self-love for myself when I realized that I'm not interested in pretending to be part of a family that only wants me to be part of the family when it's convenient for them and part-time. That was a mm-hmm. huge realization for me. No. That's really that's really when it came to my came to me that what, I, what the role that I'm really playing is a pseudo role for somebody else. Yeah. Well, and and, and, and was, was there was there awakening moment? Okay. So when you had that awakening moment, my question is, were you fully connected to and in the presence of love? Yes, I think I was. Okay. So if you were fully connected to and physiologically in the presence of love, and you saw that deficiency with someone else, then I'd offer the first thing that you would have in you would be compassion for their pain. But it doesn't sound like that's where you went. No, I did have compassion for their pain. But that goes back to the the self-love that all that matters is what is me. And I want to be part of a family full-time and not part-time. So I'm not interested. Their needs are not important. because So it's all about what I need and and what I want. And I'm not willing to be a part yeah. of a family part. Okay, this week you can be part of the family, but next week you can't. And I said, that no. really struck my head last time. When I sent you those text messages, I was getting so many visions of what was going on in my life and what I need. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I'd offer that when you sent me those texts, you were describing some of the deepest pain I've ever seen anybody touching into and going through. And, Captain, you're not finished with that. You're lying to yourself if you think you're finished with that no, and that you're connected I, to love now. Oh, I know it's not finished. Oh, I know it's far from being yeah. finished. And I'm going to do it as far yeah. away from everybody else as I can. Yeah. So, so escaping is coming from blame. And I'd offer part of the level of insight you no. say you're having when you're connected no, to I, love I, doesn't, doesn't no, include blame. I'm doing this. I'm doing this out of a connection of love because I was asked to process as far away from me as you can do it. So I'm giving that to somebody else that wants that, and I'm going to give them that, and I'm going to process all my garbage because I don't need anybody else to to comfort me and make me feel feel anything because nobody can make me feel anything, and I understand that. 
No. Okay. Well, it sounds like you got your mind made up. So I'll I'll just hold a space of support for you. But well, I'll offer you. in the meantime, if if I think that what I need to do is get away from somebody else because of their request and there's something wrong with them, then my mind is probably back to its hostility and lying to me again. And so I'll just offer that and and say that I'm here to hold the space and for you to move whatever direction you need to move. I don't think they're doing that because something's wrong with them. I think they're doing that because something's definitely wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And I have to learn the self-love to get past that. And I understand all that. I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't need any outside factors to be around me. Yeah. I've been processing crap all my life, and I thank you for giving me the ability to process what I'm processing now and doing it through the show. I thank you so much that because I can't just call up and make an appointment with you. I wish I could. Yeah, it's been 25 years since I've done that. There's just too much on the plate these days. Oh, I see that. I see that. Yeah. Thank and of course, everything. I well, and I, and I thank you for the willingness to to be out here and you know in the public eye with this conversation because it's a huge gift to everybody. And of course, that's why we ah. do the show uh, five days a week so that we can keep giving that gift when there isn't time to do it on an individual level with everybody that would like to do it. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. So I breathe with you. You know, a couple of days ago, I don't know if you were on the show, I think it was three days ago, or Monday. No, pardon me, it was Tuesday's show. Tuesday, we had a continuing conversation about the leaving issue. And we had started that conversation on Friday and didn't get to finish it. So Friday's show might be useful. And uh, uh, if you if you weren't on the show on Friday, you might want to go back to the archives and give a listen to Friday, and then give a listen to Tuesday. And my my input – yes, sweetie? It was actually last Thursday that we did that because then um, Dr. Tim couldn't be with us on Friday, so we put it off. So it was last Thursday, March the 10th, and then we continued it on Monday the 14th. Oh, okay. I misplaced the day that uh, that Tim was off. Thank you. Thank you. So uh-huh. so Thursday and, right. and and Monday, and we talked really in depth, start with Thursday's show if you weren't on it. And, you know, the fact that the leaving issue is one of the biggest things that needs to be dealt with on the planet, and it is genetically, deeply genetically encoded in every one of us to to do that. And the reason I know that's true is because everybody, and I'm including myself there, is because everybody in your bloodline and my bloodline that's over 120 years of age is already dead. They've already left. And we're encoded to leave. We're encoded to die. And my offering in those shows was, and, and what I hear you dancing with and dealing with with all the rationalizations your mind can come up with is the leaving issue and so my input would be listen to those shows especially Thursday's show 
because I tied it in with the whole idea of the whole Easter, the, the demonstration that Yeshua did, but to to heal this leaving issue and to recognize and 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 I speak from this one from experience. When I when I first started out in the world with relationships, I could hardly say the M word, marriage. Commitment, forget it. You know, first order business was the minute that I wasn't happy with what was going on, I was gone. And I was gone, and I was gone, and I was gone, and I was gone. And then I did a workshop called Healing Your Relationships. And about the second or third time I taught Healing Your Relationships, all of a sudden something clicked, and it's like, oh, my God, this isn't about healing our relationships. There are no diseased relationships. Every relationship is a perfect creation. And it's through my relationship interactions that I get to get find the most generous triggers that show me my deepest pain. And that's when the workshop that was originally called Healing Your Relationships became called Healing Through Relationships. And I got to the point where I realized that leaving or sending people away, I would never heal through that relationship, what it is that was coming up for me in that relationship. And so I got to the point where I took the leaving issue off the table. I was committed. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say. I don't care how vicious, ugly, mean, nasty, vicious your mouth can get. I'm here. That's all. And what I've found personally is that what that's created for me is the deepest, most delightful, honorable, sweetest space in relationship that I could ever imagine. And that's what I have with Jeannie. And I recognize that an important part of my healing through relationships was to give up all the stories my mind told me about why I should leave or I should send her away. I had to give I had to forgive all those stories. And I got from what you're saying that your mind's got a convincing story for you about why you should leave and go do it yourself and go far away and you don't need anybody. Excuse me, my friend, you will never heal on your own. And you will never heal by leaving. I would invite you to consider and maybe give yourself a trial period. Maybe maybe for the next six months. Well, wait wait a minute. We could go back and replay the show. Your words were, I'm out of here. Oh, wait a minute, Shelly, your mind's no. lying to you. Your words were, I'm no, going to never... get as far away as I can. Quote, as far away as I can, I don't need anybody. Excuse me, Shelly, they were your words. That's called well, I don't need anybody. I want people. I want her. I want her in my life. I don't need her in my life. That's no. obvious now. No. You, you know, no. um, 
So just make, let's just get that clear. I'm not planning on leaving. I'm just going to go as far away as I can when I do my process. I can leave her out of it. But she doesn't want to have any part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, I don't want any part of your processing. We need to we need to we need to process separately and alone. And in my mind, my little nine bit mine's probably probably about three bits from all the stuff I put into my body. But my little three bit mind is telling me to go as far away as I can, and that's what I do when I do my processing. Right, so that's called leaving, and I just invite you that, and you know, I'm, I'm sharing what I experienced. Yeah, and so, and, and so, yeah, and so, now my mind can give me a whole story about why I should leave, and and I'm just inviting you to notice your words were about leaving, and I invite you to give that story up. And I suspect, and I'll say this from experience in the intensive. If you remember, you know, when we did, and you might look at using the responsibility communication tool, you'll recall that when you two guys did the responsibility communication um, exercise in the intensive, it was around an issue that there was quite a bit of hard energy for you each time it came up, and it probably came up four or five times through the period of the nine days, and it was, what, the second to last day we sat down with that issue and did responsibility communication, and yeah, and notice how all that of that. Pardon me. She enjoys pulling that trigger rather well. She's got like a yeah. like a, a gatling gun or something. No. <laughs> so so Shelley, I'm going to invite you to notice that once again you've got a great story that you think is actually true about how she's the problem in your life. And Shelley, I'm telling you, your mind's lying to no, you. No, no. You know, I know my mind lies down yeah, and, yeah. and it's okay because okay. I'm going to get past it because I'm not going to worry about pulling any triggers on anybody else. I'm, I don't care about anybody else's triggers at this point. That's their fault, not mine. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And I invite you to consider giving up the leaving issue. And I hold the face. Good. I'm not leaving. Good. If you walk out of this relationship, you going to have to leave. Yeah. Okay. Well... You both got my support. And I invite you to soften and breathe. Did you want to say something? Just remember. Oh, I don't know if they can hear me. Can they hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Oh, you can hear me? Okay. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. We got you. Well, I don't want... um, him to take all of the responsibility here, of course. Let's play my part. I've got my bags and all, but um, when I don't feel safe, I, you know, I feel like I need space to feel safe yep. when I process. Right. So that's maybe what, you know, I don't want there to be any miscommunication about the distance. It's more about safety for me, and he's honored that, which I appreciate. I understand. I think that's all. I don't know. Was there something else I was going to say? You might get something about the family. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I would invite you to remember uh, Christmas and how that went out, how that played out. And I think I felt the feelings that you're now feeling, so I understand that. You know? And, um, 
Yeah, I had a lot of processing myself. It's been very helpful thanks to the triggers that you're giving me. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. So now, now I get to pay back punishment. <laughs> no punishment. It's a it's an honor, really. But that's okay, Stacy. I didn't ever really want to be a part of a family. Anyhow, I'm okay with out being a part of a family because I'm not going to be a part of a family on on you guys' convenience when you want me to be. Well, that's I've been, yeah, so I've been that's that your story, Shelly. Shelly, Shelly, take a breath. Yeah, that's yeah. your story. That's your story. I, I, I'm believing I'm going to invite you to give up your story because your story will always keep you in your trauma and pain. When you're told it's point blank, you're not going to be get, you can't come around when my daughter's here because she's not going to want you around. I understand that you're not part of this come family. On. Your your brain is shifting what was said into a lie. That is not at all what was said. It, it doesn't matter. I'm okay with it actually. And, yeah. And oh I, yeah. I so so well, well, hold hold for daughter. just a second, Stacy. Stacy, would you hold for just a second, Shelley? Yeah. Notice that you then go into, it doesn't matter. The truth is, and a moment ago you were talking about how big it was and how it mattered, and now you've shifted to another story, it doesn't matter. My offering to you is, it matters big time, and there's a lot of pain around it. And I'd invite you to stop believing your perceptual mind when it's in pain, because it's always telling you, me, and everybody else. Our mind, when we're in pain, is always telling us a lie, and especially when that pain is accompanied by hostility. When we are in that space of hostility, we're literally in a closed loop inside of us in a loveless world where love is not welcome and cannot enter. And I've got to give that state up if I'm ever going to heal. And the more I turn it around to be about somebody else, rather than my pain being about me, the farther away those people are going to want to get from me because they have difficulty handling their pain. You remember when we did respond... Yeah. So, so remember in the response, hundred percent. Yeah, it works hundred percent. Solves everybody's issues. Well, I'm not Sorry, thinking I'm just you not meant by case right now. Well, I'm just well, not I got it. Case I got right it. Now, it's I like, it. You know, so I find it I find it difficult to tell somebody what your needs are, because then when they give you what you need, they're doing it out of resentment. And they really didn't want to do it in the first place. So, uh, you know, I have issues with that. And, and, and saying, oh, I want to be part so, of your family is really kind of screwed up to have to ask to be part of something. Yeah. So, Shelly, well, she thinks it's funny. What she she part, thinks it's funny. No, I'm yeah. saying what no, part, not the truth. You're laughing. You're laughing. You think it's funny. Yeah. So, Shelly, notice your perception based in hostility, and it's a lie. Your mind is lying to you. You've got to stop believing your lying mind. You've got to stop believing your lying mind, Shelley. You've got to stop believing your lying mind because it will destroy you. When your mind is in hostility, it lies. 
That's all. Not just your mind, my mind, everybody's mind. But when we believe it, then out of our hostility, we reach out and we whack the people that we want to blame for what's going on inside of us. And when we do, they want to run away. Now, remember how many times in the intensive that situation came up that we ended up doing the responsibility communication around. And every time you whacked out with that hostility and you whacked out with it and you whacked out with it. And you guys didn't get anywhere with it. And then when you sat down with responsibility communication, and notice that your mind can even make that a bad thing. Notice that when you got to the root of what was going on for you, it was fear. And when you owned it, Stacy was right there 1,000% with you to support you. And notice when you were in the hostility, she wanted to run. You can't keep doing this hostility and expect her to go, you know, first day out of the shoot or two months out of doing this work. You can't expect her when you're whacking out with that hostility to go, oh, yes, dear, I'll be the space of love. Yes, please come and play. It's going to take a super woman to do that. And I think she's a pretty... I think she's a pretty awesome lady, but I don't think she's Superwoman yet. And And I think you're a pretty awesome guy, and you're not Superman yet. But you've got to stop believing your mind when it's in hostility because it is creating false pictures that you believe are about the people around you, and you forget that they're all about you. The mind, by its perception always tells us more about what's in our minds than it does about the world we think we're looking at. And when we we think we're looking at something out there, when what we're looking at is a perception in our minds, is we're stuck in a dream. I love what Carl Jung said. Those who look without dream, those who look within, awaken. When your mind generates a reality based in hostility, you're in a dream, and you're in a dream that comes from your past, and you massage that dream to make it look like Shelley, or Stacy, pardon me. But, but that hostility is yours, and it's about you. And the same thing for, for Stacy. When she's in her dream, when she's looking at fear in her mind and making up a picture of you, She massages something from her past called fear into looking like you. And and when she's in that dream, she thinks she's looking outside, but she's really looking at a picture called fear. Her fear made into an image of somebody we call Shelly. And her mind is lying to her. We call those relationships relationships based in matching bags of garbage. They're perfect relationships. What you do with them determines whether they lead you to healing or they lead you to deeper trauma and insanity. And one of the first orders of business that will take it out of leading to deeper trauma and insanity, which is what most of our generations have done forever, is every time my mind produces a picture even though my picture really looks like you and I really think it's about you, if I think through my body's eyes I'm looking out there and seeing you, I'm stuck in an hallucination. I'm stuck in a lie. I'm, as Carl Jung called it, dreaming. My hostility is massaged into a picture that looks like her, 
and she deserves my hostility and my rage and my vicious words. When I decide to drop that dream, according to Carl Jung, the way that I drop that dream is I breathe and I look within. And what Jung says is when you look within, you awaken. You awaken from the dreams based in hostility and fear. You apply forgiveness and you remove your hostility and fear piece by piece by piece. And the relationship that yesterday without tools would have ultimately led to the hell that all of my generations have lived. Now, because I awaken from my dreams of pain and trauma and turmoil and blame and victimhood, because I'm in that relationship with that person with that matching bag of garbage, I get to heal. The part of me that dreams of me as a victim, the part of me that in my childhood was always the victim, the part of me that in my genetics, my parents, their parents, their parents, their parents, and their parents always lived in victimhood, it's me that massaged themselves into pictures of other people that victimized me. When I'm looking at those pictures and I think I'm looking out there, I'm in a dream through my relationships, when I use the tools, I awaken from the dream. There is no place in those tools for a vicious word or a word about leaving. That's why the commitment says, here's my new personal code. I'm going to treat you lovingly, gently, and with respect in my thoughts my words and my actions, whether I'm in your presence or not. If something less than love comes up, I'm going to hold this in my heart and listen. As we each learn to speak, experience, and be responsible for our own realities, I'm here for and with you, keeping communication open and keeping love conscious, active, and present. As we heal, celebrate life, and grow together. That's what healing will come from and will look like. But if I believe the dream state, the perception that shows up in my mind based in hostility or fear, I'm going to use that to destroy myself and my relationships. And giving up that habit is not easy. Giving up that habit will take more courage than doing anything else you can imagine on planet Earth. It's easier by far to go to war and murder and be murdered than it is to face your own inner demons with love and heal them. Especially when you have someone nearby who knows how to trigger those things for you. And my take is, knowing both of you, that you have the ingredients for awesome, delightful, joyful healing. And as you weaken the direction of hostility or fear, 
that has gone on in your life for many, many, many decades, you'll get free. She'll get free. And you will create spaces sweeter than you ever imagined were conceivable or possible. It takes work and remembering. Thank you, sir. I suspect that uh, you can probably listen to this show a dozen times and get different pieces out of it. I hope you will. And I'm delighted to continue the conversation. We're down to just the last couple of minutes. So any other uh, other thoughts? Uh, and we've got about two minutes left. Stacy, Captain? No, sir. Jeannie, any thoughts for you? Um, no, I can't think of anything except just to say, you know, thank you all for being willing to do this the last couple of days. It is a very powerful example for all of us. And to be able to actually see a process live, I mean, I, there are a bunch of people on the switchboard and a few people in the chat room, and it's like everybody is just silent because I'm sure they're just absorbing what's being shared. So I thank you from the depths of my being for being willing to do that. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for allowing us. I'll say really quickly that I did have a huge um, healing for myself on Wednesday. It was my mother's birthday, and it brought up lots of triggers, and this relationship is certainly bringing up lots of triggers and abandonment. And uh, I did a worksheet, and I pretty much cried all day long and just really let myself feel all that. And something just shifted in me. I really feel like, you know, I'm Christian. I feel like God just flipped the switch for me and, and released me from that. And I felt so free since then. It's been amazing. I think the definition of abandonment is when somebody leaves you, not when you throw somebody out and tell them not to come back around. Yeah. That's a so lie, but we won't beware, right now. <laughs> be, beware the words, beware the words and the perceptions based in hostility once again. And, and Stacy, I would offer that when I can allow that veil of my temple to open to my deepest pain and I can keep inviting the active presence of love to come forward, I will dissolve mountains of that pain and be freed of it. People who live their lives in such a way as to escape that, keep it hidden, run away, I don't want to deal with this, end up increasing and increasing the mountain of pain that they carry. And the radio show is going to cut us off because we're down to about three seconds. I'll just say, create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Blessings. Bye-bye.